Schmidt. Und Karl-Heinz Riele 1 zu 0 für Borussia Dortmund. Moin Moin and welcome back to the German Football Podcast for what feels like it's been at least a year. I mean, it was at least last year since the last time we recorded, but it's been at least two and a half months since the last GFP episode went out and I can vouch for all the boys that were absolutely buzzing to be back on the screen and chatting to each other. Um, hope everyone had a very nice new year and is looking forward to the Bundesliga coming back very soon, which will be, of course, next week. Uh, but let's introduce the guys as well. We'll have, chat a couple of things about the Germany World Cup and some looking forward into the, the Rukrunda of the German football season. So, firstly, uh, Colin, how are we doing down in Ayrshire? I'm okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's your first podcast as a married man. I was just thinking that. Um, so, like, this has all happened since uh, since we actually last recorded our podcast. I hadn't even spoken to her since uh, hadn't even spoken to her in the last episode. So there we there go. go. This this shows the last the, how long it's been since we've actually recorded an episode. My new wife, who yeah. is now a GFP fan, of course. Well, who would it be, Colin? Who would it be? Uh, how are you otherwise? Yeah, I'm good. Feels like I've not even thought about German football for a bit. The same amount of time since we recorded an episode, so this will be interesting because there's a lot I, I just can't remember to be honest. I can't remember any of the football players, Colin. I was trying to think earlier who's my like for one of the sections, and I generally couldn't think of anyone. So this is gonna be a good one to get back into. It. Um, George, you're also on today's podcast. You're you're having some uh, malfunctioning problems over there with your computer screen, and you seem to be having a rave on your own. Which fair enough. I, I don't know how you like the podcast, but get it off putting but i hope you did well yeah well luckily this is a this is a strictly um audio medium that we're doing the podcast over um yeah unfortunately no no wife for me in the last 59 days since the bundesliga is um since the bundesliga has been away um also share the sentiment that i can't entirely remember anything um that's happened which is obviously not 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 great considering um the, the way i pay my bills but um yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to this as a way to to kind of get back into it. I think a lot of the the listeners will hopefully um, feel the same, or maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll turn off pretty soon after they realize we haven't got a clue what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's been such a weird period. It's obviously never really happened before. Like, like I said, I mean, like two months without um, any Bundesliga action, and then obviously the underwhelming performance of Germany in the World Cup means that. It's not really um not really not um uh, to to talk about. I mean, uh, Joshua Kimmich was saying in an interview this this morning, a press conference, that he feels like he's fallen into a bit of a hole. It's been so long. Um, I'm not sure I, I'd go that far. Just to some extent, I've I've enjoyed it, but um, yeah, no. Look, looking forward to um looking forward to the nonsense being back. It's actually been so long that um. The the um, Zoom has had six updates in the time that we've been gone, um, because and 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 I don't know if you guys this has happened to you. I had to update my Zoom, which I was slightly later starting tonight. Um, my Zoom is a, a darker shade of blue than it used to be. Oh, do you see that in that? It's now like a. Tra- 
it's now like a Chelsea blue. It used to be more of a Man City blue, comparable more to like the um safari color on on um on um yeah on a Mac. It's, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, no, but now you see it. Yes, it wasn't the first thing I looked at when I opened the app. Not gonna yeah, lie. Right. But anyway, it showed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, hope Yosha Kimmich hasn't injured himself falling down that hole because I'm sure Bayern is <laughs> at the start of yeah. uh, the season, and I'm glad you haven't fallen down a hole yourself, George. Because then well, you're well, as, long as, you're as long as as long as Kimmich stays away, as long as he stays away from the the slopes, um, then uh, then he'll be all right as uh, his his teammate and uh, national team captain didn't manage to do. But um, I'm I'm sure we might even get onto that topic. So maybe we can start talking about some football. I think we should probably move on to some football in some aspects because I've also forgotten the football. I even managed to go to America in the time of and come back and go home for over a month and by the time there's been any football and I don't get to work properly again until the end of the month. So I still don't really feel the football's back. But as soon as we get into the stuff tonight, I'm sure we'll feel like football's almost back in the Bundesliga and and below will soon return. Um, but... To start it off, um, we were asked to talk about Germany's Dismal World Cup, or well, second in a row Dismal World Cup performance, as someone who decided to take a massive break from football uh, over the winter period and decided not to watch the World Cup. I'm going to have to leave this over to my two handsome gentlemen here. Uh, what is what single? A, what, about, what about me and Colin? <laughs> well, well, the two handsome gonna... gentlemen, they couldn't make it today, so me and Colin are going to step in. Well, Bob couldn't make it today, to be fair, and let's be honest, if we're choosing the best Bob, looking dog pod. Bob is a handsome guy, I've got to admit. I don't wow. know if people realise how tall Bob is as well. I think we'd be through you know the I mean? Bob, Bob. Yeah, I know, but Bob, I think Bob's really a kind of guy that if you saw a picture of him, you wouldn't realise that he's like... Six foot three. I don't know, six foot three, six foot four, yeah. Could never be a football manager. Could never be a football In Germany. In Germany, no. strictly. Nah, can't can't see uh, can't see Bob rocking up at Mainz next season you know, <laughs> in January. Yeah, you could, you could. But back I think to if, the... if, if there any club I could see Bob joining as head coach, I can imagine him in like a, a Mainz tracksuit with a cap on. Like he does, like the Jurgen Klopp. Well, there was there was a vacant position at St. Pauli, which got filled by someone probably about six months older than Bob. Um, so that would have been, that would have been nice if we stayed in Hamburg, but um, yeah, it didn't work out for me. Maybe, maybe, maybe they did think he was too tall. Well, I, could, uh, I could have seen Bob at St. Pauli as well. Bob, I don't know why Bob's not applied for a job, but um, if you, if you listen to this, Bob, which you should be, I hope you apply for the next job that comes along. Maybe the Belgium national team job that's on LinkedIn. Freddie Bobbich. Uh, anyway, let's just continue. Uh, yeah. Let's like talk about the the World Cup. So I'm going to leave it over to you two, but like I'll start it off with uh, what really went on, what was what what went wrong basically again for Germany, and what went wrong under Hansi Flick this time at the World Cup in Qatar. Well, I think that first of all, um, being it, um. Looking at the German media for around the time that Germany got knocked out, there was obviously it's obviously normally a period where football is going on and journalists want a lot to talk about and 
there's a lot of ideas being espoused, a lot of articles being written. Uh, so I think that, first of all, there was a lot of ideas and theories um, as to why Germany had gone out, which I think are just absolute nonsense. Um, I think the one that is probably the most serious that we ought to discuss uh, and kind of most prominent at the time was people um, close to the German national team, people within the national German national team, um, you know, people in the media, people in the public suggesting that um, Germany's um, One Love protests um, played a, a serious role um, in, yeah, in in that. In, in them going out of the World Cup. I personally just can't entirely see, th there was reports that it kind of caused a, a fraction, uh, a fraction in the, in, the, in the team. But I kind of think if, if the team is so able to get distracted by such a small protest, I think that says more about the characters, which is what we were coming on to, it says more about the characters than, than the, the nature of the protest itself. Um, you know, Leon Goretzka at the at the Euros um, only last summer did a pretty similar, um, well, two summers ago now, um, did a similar sort of um, um, gesture when they played Hungary. Um, and, you know, people like Leon Goretzka and uh, Joshua Kimmich um, in the German national team have been well known for their, um, yeah, supporting good causes and stuff. And they've still continued to... Um, to yeah, perform at a, a world-class level. So I just think that I just don't entertain the idea at all. Um, and I think that people that suggest that it does uh, are kind of really looking at the wrong place. I sort of also saw people suggesting that the hotel was too far away. Um, it was originally Oliver Bierhoff and Pansy Flick wanted somewhere that was yeah out of the action, as if there's any action going on in, in, in Doha. Um, but then in hindsight they kind of felt that it meant they were too far away from from the action they didn't feel like they were in, in a world cup um yeah i mean that's just i mean if, if that is if they didn't feel that then i don't know i just can't see that making a lot of sense uh i think my my suggestion would basically be a more simple one of those don't think they've got a lot of quality at the moment it's not the team of 2014 anymore um they have one world-class player uh, uh, who's a 19-year-old Jamal Musiala, uh, and it's probably not a great sign for the um, DFBs of development that their best player is not only 19, is also a player that wasn't actually developed in Germany. Um, they they are defensively very poor, which I don't think should be a surprise to anyone going even going into the World Cup. I've been saying for a long time that Nico Schlotterbeck is a good prospect who got a lot of potential, but he's not good enough to be a centre-back for, uh, for a nation like Germany. Um, and I think Antonio Rudiger showed a lot of his weaknesses that he showed his time at Chelsea. Manuel um, Neuer was pretty poor throughout. I mean, Germany conceded five goals in three games, which is as many as Argentina had by the time they got to the World Cup final. So it just shows the pedigree. And also when you're playing against teams that are not great, like Japan and Costa Rica, um, you need to build on phases of the game where you are going to kill the game off. Like they had a one 0 lead against Japan, start dicking around with the ball. Um, it basically took their foot off the gas and ended up losing that. Um, against Spain as well, they had phases where they could have dominated on possession and didn't. Um, yeah, the same against Costa Rica. I mean, they had sixty shots 
in three games. Uh, I believe it was the highest XG rating for the whole the group stage and scored six goals. So I think, yeah, a lack of quality is pretty much the underlying issue and potentially a lack of a lack of leaders and characters. I mean, you look at potentially Kimmich as a leader, but he's spoken since they got knocked out of the Euros about feeling like he can't perform in tournaments with the national team. Thomas Muller didn't play especially a key role. Manuel Neuer was pretty poor on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of issues which are just that there's not a lot of talent coming through the German national side at the moment. Um, and yeah, I don't think it should be, I don't even think it was that much of a surprise. We may have to go out with the group stage, but the, yeah, certainly in Germany, there wasn't much of an expectation for them to, to go far in the tournament. So I think it's probably about what, what they deserve. What would you say coming from a not not living in Germany or being inside the German media point of view, Colin, that there was an expectation in Germany to go do something in this World Cup? And do you kind of just agree with most of the things that George said there about the performances and why it didn't work? I agree with a lot of what George is saying, the lack of quality, lack of leadership, and also that it's not a surprise. I mean, you look at the recent tournaments, comparing to the run between, say, like 2006, 2014, I think every tournament, they were like at least semi-finals. But I think we're now in an era where disappointment's almost expected. That's two World Cups in a row where they've been knocked out in the group stages, which I think is, are the only times that's happened for Germany, at least in the modern era. And then even the last Euros got to the knockout stages, but were knocked out in the second round. So. It's really not a surprise, but they just don't seem to have the the same leadership that they had in the, the previous era, era from 2014 prior to that. The likes of uh, Lamb and Schweinsteiger, even Closer, who was obviously such a great goal scorer for Germany, but he's never really been replaced. George mentioned the, the amount, of, amount of strikes that they had on goal, the poor finishing, like just not being able to kill teams off. And really, with a world-class striker, you'd have to think that, that something like that would improve, which is probably a deeper issue based on um, the players that have come through in academies the last few years. There's just not the same amount of strikers coming through, which probably is a more of a world, worldwide issue, or at least it has been the last 10 years. You know, we've been moving towards the false nines, uh, but there does seem to be a bit of a gravitation back to, to centre-forwards again, but Germany just don't really seem to have the same options as the other countries are now, now have again. They did have Fulkrug, who scored a couple of goals, but uh, even still, Flick didn't really seem to have a lot of faith in him, only really made substitute appearances. Um, in terms of your actual, in terms of the question, obviously, coming not coming from Germany and being in Germany, I don't have the same perspective that you have, but just through Twitter, I see a lot of the the stories in German media, and through a lot of the people I follow that they talk about it, and you just just sense that total lack of enthusiasm. There's not really, there there wasn't really any enthusiasm for the tournament in general. I mean, it's not it wasn't a normal World Cup taking place in Qatar with all the the different issues at play there. So there's just a a general apathy for the tournament itself. A lot of boycotts. Yeah many pubs not even showing it in the, the various German cities, but even just for the national team in general, there just doesn't seem to be a, 
a big connection between the fans and the players at the moment. Not a lot of not a lot of popular characters, I don't think. Um, so that coupled with the fact that there's just isn't really a lot of faith in them either to perform made it that I don't think it's it was really much of a surprise for German fans that the team didn't perform. And I know that Nicholas Fulkrug, he came out and said that he was quite disappointed in a lot of the, the German German football fans, the sort of lack of support that they received and an almost the willingness for them to fail. A lot of people took pleasure in it, according to him, which I thought was quite interesting as well. Yeah, you're talking a good forty percent less viewers from the, the the last World Cup as well. So you, that, but obviously that could come from a lot. Of the, there's a lot of boycott and, and from the German side as well, and that was a bit more strongly looked at compared to other countries. You would say so. I think that's another reason for the the attendance and stuff. I was going to bring you in on that, George, as well. But you've also got something else to say. So I don't know if you want to go over your question first, your own. Yeah, no, I was just going to say. I mean, I think I've I've always kind of believed that football. Um, you know, works in cycles. Um, and I think this is, is pretty obvious that Germany, I mean, uh, it's kind of really at the bottom of one of those cycles. I mean, apart from Jamal Musiala and Florian Wirtz, I don't see any players sort of under the age of 25 or so that I believe will be considered world-class players. Um, maybe used for Makoko, potentially. Um I mean, but yeah, I'm just not sure about that. I mean, so, with this, which is why it's interesting. Obviously, Oliver Bierhoff um, has been well, yeah, was sacked, left at the DFB after around 20 years um, in yeah at the top of of the German Football Federation. Um, there's rumours that um, that um, Guidi Fuller is going to take over. Um, there seems to they've also put together like a task force um, of um, a load of um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's all well, I say. It's not the most diverse looking task force. Uh, I don't think that irony was lost was lost on many people uh, in Germany. That yes, a, a load of um, ex pros, um, a load of male ex pros, um, which I would suggest may be a mistake, or may, they may have been advised to look um, slightly elsewhere um, in terms of panic. Would you yeah. say, sorry, would you um, say it's a panic to, to bring those kind of folk in? So you're 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 obviously talking about the your your likes of Zama, Vola, Rubenega, Han, yeah. Minstaff. Like, is like, do you think it's a bit of a we've not done very well here? Let's just chuck these guys at it and see where it goes because of the the high standing of they've got like as a name, even though most of them aren't that well liked. Yeah, I mean the thing is they're not. I think they had to react some way, and they're not. They weren't going to sack Hansi Flick. Uh, I just don't think that was going to be an option. I think he's very, very well respected uh, in in the German game, despite the lack of success that he's kind of had um, with the national team. Um, and yeah, they had to react some way. And I think I mean I watched the <laughs> the. The German coverage of, I said this a few times on the pod, the German coverage of football was very different to in England. They first had um, the presenter and uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger on a table, sort of no smaller than, uh, I don't know, like a, a very small um, table with, firstly they were grilling um, Oliver Bierhoff um, and then they were grilling um, Hansi Flick, just absolutely ripping them apart. 
and Bierhoff seemed a lot more kind of hopeless and um, helpless um, than Flick at the time, who seemed a bit better, bit better position to defend himself. Um, so yeah, they've now they've got a load of yeah, kind of like a Harlem Globetrotters of, of, of ex-German pros. Um, I just think that, and they've obviously, obviously, the new um, DFB uh, headquarters in Frankfurt is um, now going to be integrated into the, the the German youth teams so the German national team of men and women. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that's not going to have a short-term effect, obviously, but it does very much seem like like a new era. Um, but I just think, yeah, when they put this like task force, I don't think they they literally named the task force um, just of a load of yeah ex Bayern and Dortmund players in their sixties. Um, I just think, yeah, I'm not too sure how 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 much that's going to change, but. Um, yeah, like I, and like I said, with the the fact that Germany's best player hasn't been, wasn't even developed in Germany, I think it's kind of indicative of the fact that there's some um problems that that go a bit deeper than just the fact that, you know, they don't they don't currently have a striker, for example. I think it's a really important moment as well because of Germany hosting the Euros in 2024 to get things right, but I suppose that's an issue because change does have to be longer term, and that's only. I mean, that's next year now, so it's difficult to see where anything significant could happen between now and then. It's quite reminiscent of the time, like, in the early 2000s, where they'd had, like, poor campaigns in the Euros, like, 2000, 2004, and they had to take drastic action, like, totally revamp the youth academies. And a big, like, a big driving force with that was that Germany were going to be hosting a tournament in 2006 and didn't want to be embarrassed on the world stage. And... You know, like twenty, nearly twenty years later, find themselves in the same position. But I'm, I'm, I think it might be too late to try and affect any real change before then. To be honest, would you aim any of the blame towards uh, Hansi Flick at all? Because obviously, George, you mentioned there about they had to make some kind of change, and they were going to change anything with Hansi Flick. They were going to bring a new manager in because. Like Colin said, we've got this Euros in twenty twenty four coming up. Is that like don't embarrass yourself? Don't you? You need some sort of stability. But does does Flick get any blame in how the team performed? Would you say because no one's really spoken um, yet? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like there's been a lot that he's he has a lot of um, goodwill, as they say, um, at least in Germany. Like there wasn't too many um, people complaining about him, but I would say. That he the fact his buying history means that um, yeah he he kind of I mean he's very loyal to Neuer, Kimmich, Goretzka, uh, Thomas Muller, um, yeah he kind of he also played Muller despite the fact Muller was basically injured until a week before the tournament started. Um, there was also a lot of. Um, um, what was saying? Lack of uh, criticism of the midfield trio of uh, Goretzka, Kimmich, and Gundogan. Um, sort of all relatively similar players. Um, but yeah, I think that maybe that Bayern thing might be an issue. Um, 
But I, I think Hansi Flick is obviously a good coach. I mean, what he won like six trophies in one season for Bayern. Um, I think there's a general acceptance um, that in Germany that the problems are elsewhere. And like, and like kind of like the original point I made that they're just not very good. I mean, it, the thought of a centre-back partnership of Rudiger and Nico Schlotterbeck is just like, you just have no chance with that. They're, they are two extremely, extremely volatile defenders who do who make rash decisions um, and are not c- cool and calm characters. Uh, yeah, quite the opposite. And then in attack, you have players like, if anyone's watched Chelsea recently, you'll know that Kai Havertz isn't exactly the most prolific um, in, in his current point in his career. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think... I think they kind of like there's a really great point that Colin made. They kind of have to trust Hansi Flick to to get them out of the situation by the time the Euros comes around in only eighteen months time. Do you see any progression ha- happening in this time, Colin? Because you said it's they've maybe left it too late. Can there be any progression? There's not many players that you see maybe sneaking in. It's been dealt quite a bad hand because I think w- one of the things he has to do is trying to phase out the old players like Muller and Neuer. But they, because of what they've achieved in their career, I think he feels like he's probably, he's probably frightened to make this same mistake that Joachim uh, made uh, with trying to get rid of players like um, Muller in the first place. But they're probably, once those players go out, there isn't really the same quality to come in to replace them. But it will be interesting to see in the next 18 months, yeah, players like Bella Kotchap, who are still at a young age, even like Makoko up front, he's only 18 now, I think, uh, what he'll be like in the summer of 2024. But I think it, it's quite difficult for Flick because he doesn't really have any control over the development of the players. He can only really pick the, the, the players at his disposal. I would say most of the changes are over his head, you know, like the, the academies in the system for developing players, that's probably what's going to change in the long term. And that, that's nothing really that Flick can have any effect on in the next next sort of year and a half before then. If you had to make some sort of prediction for Euro 2024, do you see it being as much as a bombshell as what happened in uh, Qatar as what could happen? Or do you see some sort of improvement? No, I think... I think, I think... Go on, go on. I'll go. Uh, I don't. I think the the Euros is easier to get through than the World Cup. You know, it's twenty fourteen tournament, and you can get through as a third place team. So, I think they could definitely reach the quarters. But if they meet a big team like France or even England, then I'm not sure they could get past that. Yeah, I just think you never like you just can never account for how much a home tournament plays a role. Um, and like there's there's been so many good uh, stadiums um, throughout the country that I think that will definitely give give the team uh, yeah a bit of a boost. But I don't think anyone, even the fact that they're hosting their own country, I don't believe that that will mean that any sort of yeah level headed. German national team fan will believe that they can they can win it, but I don't. I think if if they're if they're embarrassed again, there's going to be some 
some serious issues. And we, I actually, we should have probably mentioned that Thomas Muller gave a very heartfelt interview um, after they lost, um, well, after they beat Costa Rica, but got knocked out, um, uh, saying that, yeah, like, if this is my last game, um, then I'm just happy to have played for the German national team, basically, more or less retired. And then he came out yesterday, um, or this week, um, and said that, oh, no, no, I was just being a bit emotional. Um, hmm. I'll, uh, I'll, um, yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. Um, so for for, for for players like him, that's probably gonna probably gonna be his last tournament. Um, he'll be like thirty four by then. Um, so yeah, it might it might might be the the last dance, as they say. But yeah, I don't think the expectation will be too high. So I think we we covered most of the points there on the German national team in Qatar. Thanks to that question from uh, the Fortuna Düsseldorf London fan club. Uh, and he also asked, just as a side note, to mention you guys can probably jump in on this again as well for watching the World Cup. Any Bundesliga players that, that kind of stood out or the performances from the other uh, countries that had Bundesliga players involved? I'm assuming Jude Bellingham's going to get a big uh, appraisal from yourself, George, because it sounds like he had a very good, very good World Cup. Yeah, I mean, Jude was, uh, I think, really announced himself um, on the the world stage, if he hadn't already, um, in terms of people that, you know, had heard that he was a, a great player seeing him play in the Champions League. But seeing him, you know, seeing him take control um, of, yeah, of, um, of, of a Dortmund team is not that impressive because Dortmund are lack leaders as it is. But, I mean, to see, like, the connection they had with, with players like uh, Henderson, you know, for example, like real, real uh, stalwarts of the English national team. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty impressive um, to anyone that hasn't been able to watch him as much uh, in, in in the Bundesliga, for example. Um, so yeah, I was that was obviously good. I mean, um, the. A lot of Japanese players were very impressive. I mean, um, uh, yeah, obviously, Ritsu Duan scored, um, Takuno Asano scored, um, obviously against Germany. I mean, there's a bit of an irony to play the place of Falco Bochum, uh, getting the winner against a German team that's basically full of Bayern players. Um, and yeah, he didn't know who Hansi Flick was, and he didn't know who Hansi Flick was. Um, and uh, he also uh, recommended a Japanese restaurant to me um, in um, Dusseldorf, which sells a type of Japanese barbecue, the name of which I can't remember. Um, but apart from the Japanese players, um, also Yoshik Mario um, was probably the standout Bundesliga player of the tournament. Um, there's obviously a Bundesliga player who won the World Cup, which kind of went under the radar. Um, do you know who that was, Roy? Uh, Palacios from uh, yeah. Liverpool. Exactly, Ezekiel Palacios. Um, he didn't was wasn't a starring role. Um, he played. Uh, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say like the, the the Japanese players, um, not just the ones that scored Doan and Asano, but um, obviously uh, Itakura played well as well. Um, off the top of my head, can't remember any others off the top of my head. Um, uh, Colin, would you like to jump in at any point? Because like <laughs> no, no point, no point now, no point. I was going to bring up Japan, oh. but George is gone in the monologue, so there's no point. Yoshida as well. He was he was decent for Japan. Kramaric at Croatia. Did he play? Kramaric and Souza. Yeah, but I was going to I was going to reference Japan, but uh, 
John just hugged the limelight, so it doesn't matter. He did have a cool story of the fact they recommended a restaurant in Dusseldorf, though. I don't think you had that. E2 as well, place well, for Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, in all honesty, um, this was this was kind of um, an issue. It was, it was kind of an issue for us, um, you know, at Bundesliga Towers in the that it wasn't the greatest performance um, from Bundesliga players of the World Cup. Um, there were some some nice moments like Alfonso Davies scoring for Canada, um, you know, their first World Cup in, in a very long time. Um, but yeah, overall, I think like the Dutch league outscored the Bundesliga in terms of goals scored um, in the World Cup. I think, it, I think it came like sixth or seventh in terms of the, the top European leagues. So that was um, that was that wasn't great, but um, every, yeah, we don't we don't need another reason to love the Bundesliga. So I think yeah, it was alright. Anything to add, uh, Mister Moore, or is there anything to add at all? No. I think I think Carlos did enough for you, George. Um, why don't we move on? But thanks for those questions, and I think we'll move on from the World Cup chat, and we'll go to more opinionated things that Colin can get his own opinion out because George can't steal his own opinion unless they have the exact same answers to the following questions. We'll start with Colin, not to be nice, uh, to get things going. But looking ahead into the Rook Runda of German football, obviously the Bundesliga starts next week, and the Zweite Liga starts the week after. I think the Dritte Liga also starts the following week as well. It's just the Bundesliga next week. Um, how do you see it going, Con? What's your early predictions for the Rook Runda? We've played half the season so far. Where do you see it uh, finishing up, or what do you, what do you see happening? There might be a bit of a, a long shot, a big shout to to go for getting there. We, have, I, we haven't we haven't played half the season so far. By the way, it's only fifteen. We have days. played half the season of this Vital Liga. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, and I said German football as a whole. Um, so we are exactly in the Rook Runda for this Vital League. We're not quite so there in the, the Bundesliga. One more match day to go. I've, I've, uh, as I've forgotten nearly everything that happened in the first half of the season, I had to had to read the league tables to actually see what could potentially happen in the second half of the season. I mean, I think Bayern are going to win the league, but the rest of the European places are well up for grabs. You've got Dortmund sitting outside the top four at the moment. And then there's Alexa Freiburg, who had an outstanding start to the season. So to see them, whether they can continue that will be very interesting. Obviously, they are continuing with Europe after after Christmas as well. Um, and Union were the other surprise package, but they had really started to falter just before Christmas. Um, so... I think they will hopefully be refreshed uh, now that we're heading into the Rukrunda as well. Uh, in terms of predictions, so I, I, I looked and I thought about my, my previous prediction, which was my, my very early season prediction for this year was that Schalke would get relegated. I'm going to stick with that, which isn't really bold at all because that looks like it's probably more likely than not going to happen, particularly with Sebastian Porter injured, I believe. Um, so that it's not really a bold shout to have. In terms of relegation play, the relegation fight, I, I don't really see many surprises. I think it's going to be Schalke and Bochum 
and then the playoff spot could be one of a number of teams, Hertha, potentially even Köln. Köln are in danger. I think, I think they've, they've got a real lack of options, particularly up front. Uh, although Davies Elker's come in, so he could potentially save the day. But my, my bold prediction, I think, is going to be that Leverkusen will reach Europe. I think they finished just before Christmas in good stead, three wins in a row. And that, looking at the table, I think they were only only a few points off seventh. So getting it together under Xavi Alonso, I think they're going to reach the top seven at the very least. I feel like that wasn't because I got a bit angry because that was my take. But I actually don't think it was that bit of a shock take. I think a lot of people are, are under the pressure of the Xavi Alonso that is going to go up from here. Obviously, Florian Burtz is back. He's played a couple of games now. He's playing at Ibrox against Rangers on first return. Um, and he's been playing in a couple of pre games and training as well. And just, I'm going to jump in while I'm still talking. Uh, and George can be last for this one. And we can say that I think this is similar with FC Kern. I don't know how, I think I don't think they'll go that far as to be relegated, but I think they'll be in the the, the, the relegation dogfight come the end of the season. Just, I don't know if it's the European experience that's hampered them, but that's another one. So I see um, Leverkusen going up one way and Köln going down that way, but I don't see much else changing from that top 12 and the, top, the bottom 13. Sorry, from 13 and below. Um, I think the top 12 will be the top 12 in some random order and the, from 13 and below with those teams. I don't think that will change too much um, going into it. George, what are you saying to these uh, Rukrunda, or sorry, one Rukrunda plus one um, predictions? Um, I do like the one about Leverkusen. I've got to say, I think you can't actually um, uh, yeah, overestimate uh, how Sort of much of a difference Florian Verts is going to be. You kind of forget that when before he got injured, and it was like 11 months ago now, um, he was really carrying a Leverkusen side in a similar ilk to the way I was talking about, um, uh, Bellingham carrying Dortmund. Um, so yeah, I like that one in terms of relegation. I, I, I actually really would like to say that Bochum won't go down, but um. Yeah, might that uh, might 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 be tough. I'm not sure. I just think if when any team that's got Kevin Stoger in it um, has a has a fighting chance. Um, but I've, my my prediction is probably going to be um, that um, Abby Leipzig is going to win the league. Um, yeah, uh, just, Roy's eyes have just fallen out of his head. Uh, that's all. That's the kind of reaction I was looking for. Um, I feel like there's a lot more emotions surrounding FC Bayern these days than there usually are. I mean, the players that are playing in the World Cup, and so like the German players, uh, like I said, giving a lot of interviews, talking about how motivated they are um, to win the league in a way that they don't normally, um, sort of, kind of having to convince themselves that they're they're, um, you know, that they're, they're worthy champions of the Bundesliga. Um, they haven't actually really been playing that well. And let's not forget that they only reclaimed the top spot about three match days ago. Um, it's going to be, it's really, really interesting because the first match back in the Bundesliga, the first Friday night game, um, is Leipzig at home to, to Bayern. So it really couldn't be a better start to, to, to kick off the league. And I have a real feeling that, um, that Leipzig are going to win and then that they'll they'll start making their way to the top of the table. I believe, believe they're in fourth right now, third. 
Um, I just think they have a lot of good players, basically. I think Marco Rosa, once they had a bit of time there, really got them playing good football, turned their, their season around, really. Um, we'd all been saying that Tedesco was actually a decent coach. I think Marco Rosa is really... I mean, I would say found his home, but of course he's actually from Leipzig, so he, he'd already found it. Um, and... Yeah, and the one issue you probably say is that it looks like Comrade Lyme is probably going to go to Bayern um, in January, which would be a, a big miss. But then uh, in midfield, they've already got um, Schlager, um, who's probably one of my favourite midfielders in the Bundesliga. Um, Hadara, um, Colin's least favourite player, Kevin Campbell, for example. But then he's got goal scorers as well, Nkunku, Schoboschlai, um, dare I even say Timo Werner. Um, and then, a, yeah, just a solid defence with everyone's, um, you know, Vili Orban, Simicom, Joshua Vario, Benny Henry. So I just see a lot of quality in the team. And I see a much more level-headed team that I think could, could genuinely win the league. They've already got over that hurdle of winning the first overwhelm, um, apart from the Spider Bundesliga. They won the Spider Bundesliga when they went. Um, they, I have a feeling they came second, actually. They came second, actually, yeah. So don't worry about that. Friday, um, won it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, they've they've won dear people car now. Uh, I think that they are actually in a in a decent position um, to to win the league. If they win on Friday, they'll be three they'll be three points off Bayern. So yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. And I don't think, and my not so bold prediction is I don't think that Dortmund are gonna put up any sort of fight. Sorry if you hear some weird noise. I just have to adjust my seat. I've just fallen off it and can't make my way back up after hearing all that. Wow, interesting. Fair play. That's a, a bold prediction. That's what it's there for. It's bold for a reason. Um, and to be honest, it could happen. I don't see... I think you've you've you pointed out all the key points of the, why it could happen and there's nothing to say it won't. I, an interesting point to put to both of you is the Union fairy tale over. Was it over? Like, was it just there for... Was it just nice to have it there and you knew it wasn't going to go any further? Or do you think that they won't pick up the same form that they started the season with? Just to both of you quickly, like, what do you kind of think to that? Uh, Colin can go first since Josh both left. I think by the end of... By the end of the... Well, not the first half of the season, the first part of the season, uh, before I get corrected, uh, I think they were totally worn out by Europe. Uh, so I think the break probably came at the right time for them. Uh, I don't see them continuing the same form that they were at the start of the season. Uh, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember. They did qualify for the next round. The, the yeah, they're, they're, the playing, they're playing Ajax. No, the Europa, Europa League, Ajax. yeah. Ajax. Yeah, Ajax. So I, I, I don't really see them. I don't see them getting through that tie. Uh, so they're, I don't think their they're stay in Europe will be that much longer. So they should be able to focus on the league. Um, I think... Top seven is definitely achievable for them. Any different views, George? And do you maybe see Freiburg being a completely different kettle of fish there and staying up there? Um, well, without sounding um, sort of too corporate here, um, I think a lot of it should. This is kind of about expectation management. Um, like Union's expectation is not to to reach the Champions League. It's probably to. I mean, it's developed so quickly that they're probably unsure what their expectations are. But probably just to, to to build on and confirm their performances from the previous season. So given that they where they finished last year, I think finishing in sixth and seventh, sixth or seventh would probably 
um, be a good goal for them. Um, obviously, Champions League is a dream, which is not too, you know, unachievable. Uh, I, I also think, I was also going to mention, I think Gladbach are probably going to make a, a push um, towards the, the Champions League, where you think about um, how well they played in that game against Dortmund just before the break. Um, they're also going to be um, pushing and uh, coming back up the table with Leverkusen. Um, you also got Frankfurt still, but still be hanging around. Um, so I don't, I don't know really. I think, I think Union are not like finished. I don't see them plummeting down the table. Um, I think yeah, maybe a seventh. Um, and as for Freiburg, I don't know. It's just, it's a team that really confused me because I always watch them and never think that they 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 play that like that well. They don't have any players that you think. It's strange for a team that's second in, second in the Bundesliga to have no players that are ever linked to like Bayern or going abroad. I mean, the Kevin Schader went to Brentford for twenty five million euros. Um, but yeah, he's obviously in Germany under twenty one and stuff. Um, but apart from that, there, I mean, you don't ever hear about you know Vincenzo Grifo getting linked um, to Bayern. So they just they are the definition of um, the sum is great. The sum is great. Because he's left. Parts. He left Freiburg before and it didn't really work out. Like went to Hoffenheim and Gladbach. Yeah. He just didn't do anything. And I don't know what sure. what age he is now. Might be the wrong side of thirty. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I just I think I think it's five like, very very difficult to predict. But I, if if I mean no one asked, but if anyone was to ask um, my top four, I would say Leipzig, um, Bayern, uh, Gladbach, and Dortmund. Gladbach and third. Mm, yeah, they're gonna. They, they, I mean, Gladbach are only um, are currently on twenty two points. Um, they're only they're only five only five points off fourth right now. Six points off, um, so it's all very, all very congested around around that part of the table, you know. Fair play. Um, I'd like to make a bold uh, Liga prediction just well, just to give it some uh, loving there. Uh, apart from Hamburg winning the league, of course, uh, Darmstadt will also get automatic promotion. And I think that the third place will go between uh, Kaiserslautern, Heidenheim, or Dusseldorf. I don't think uh, Pader, I think Paderborn will fall away eventually, and they already have their sixth at the moment, and I don't think they will keep that up as long as they have. There'll be too many strikers at the end of the day; they're going to run over each other eventually. And the team, I think that um, either one or both will go down: Bielefeld and Pauli. One of them I will definitely go down, and one will potentially go down, which means that I'm, I'm going to back my my good old friend Sandhausen. To, I think Sandhausen will probably it's Magdeburg I think could maybe push for something eventually they've made a couple of signings already in January not saying that that could do anything but uh, let's see how it goes that's my predictions I think Pauli will really struggle under a new manager yeah well if we just I mean very quickly I'm you that trigger you <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, it, it, it could reasonably happen that the party do get relegated. It's um, definitely sure, dangerous. Yeah. Um, however, I do think that well, some listeners um, may know that um, Timo Schultz was uh, stacked as um, as Pauli manager um, after a very, very well, like 25 years as a player and a coach there. Um, or, so 
they've now appointed um co-trainer um head sorry head co- assistant coach um Fabian Hortzler um right young age of 29 um which I think just to bring you back to the little German football point that that's a, a move that you see done a lot more regularly a lot a lot more of a common move in Germany um than that then you see for example um in, in in British leagues um you know not, not as if he's got a major pedigree but obviously trusted within the club um sort of proven his worth um in terms of being a um a video analyst and working his way as a uh, assistant coach um and yeah just getting that trust from a team that isn't really in a position or a club that isn't really in a position to be just throwing anyone um the head coaching role because like, like you said he's very close to, they're very close to to relegation um so yeah i mean like you saw um like Nagelsmann was head coach of Poffenheim when he was like, like 28 um so yeah it's um and that's that's what's one to watch out for and just uh, a an extra one for the list of, of, of why we love German football. I think yeah. he's he's pretty much he's pretty much older than he's pretty much younger than you to be honest, Roy. He's two years older than me, thank you very much. Um but I just don't think that the team's strong enough and I feel for Jackson Irvin because I feel like he's just in the mix of a load of rubbish at the moment, which is not nothing coming from a has for head. I just don't think that they're very, very good at the moment. Do you think um, this now makes you Hamburg's second most eligible bachelor now that now that um, uh, under thirty is the head coach of St Pauli? I don't think I was anywhere near the top, but I would I would take second. I think you. Are. Hey, also, did you you know how we watched? Um... Oh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, true. Carlin's right up there with Bob. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a height height advantage. You know, <laughs> no, Bob's Bob's Bob's. Um, he's not the most eligible bachelor in Hamburg, but uh, he is in the top one. Um, <laughs> no, we we um watched Victoria against um Eintracht Norderstedt um in the um lottery pokal, don't we, Roy? Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> yes, and and you'll notice that there was a young winger. Well, not, he's not, you know, twenty-three. Um, Aliyah Saad, who caught our eye, who's now uh, been signed by Sapoli and is in the, the first team, was in the, the training slager. Um, so that's, that's something else you don't often see. You don't see too often. Club, you know, middling side Bundesliga team picks up a, t- um, a player, not not you know, extremely young, twenty-three. Um, turned twenty-three since been at Pauli. Um, and yeah, straight into the first team from from the Regional Liga. Um, Nord, so there you go. Another another nice story for you there. Do you remember? Do you remember what I'm talking about? He had he had, he had yeah. bleach blonde hair at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Thank you. Something, something Colin could only wish of. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have Does any? Have a wife, <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> Well, I do dread to ask this because I don't know how long the answer is going to be, George. But do you have any Drittaliga um, comments to make or predictions? Are Elversburg actually going to make the the double double promotion? Um, it looks like it, doesn't it? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. Um, I don't, don't see why not. Um, I, I I wouldn't give a prediction on that. I'm mean, not, not going to. I feel like. 1860 are in a position to get promoted, but I probably won't do it again. Um, however, a really nice fact about the Dritte Liga 
is there is one team uh, I don't believe it's in Germany in the whole of Germany but it's definitely in the Tritterliga there's one team which has sold out every single home game it's had regardless of in the cup or in the league I mean yeah um, do you know who it was? Osnabrück? Get a clue it's not Osnabrück they're in the not Osnabrück um, and I just think this is a real, it's a real great stat for it. It's it's a fairly big stadium, and every single home game, considering how many like shit teams there are in the Trinity League that no one would care about playing against. Um, Meppen, no, it's not a big ground. Essen, that's a Essen is was in second. That was like ninety six percent. Zabrücken, no. All those Zob, Zob, I'll tell you who isn't Zob Brooklyn's fan. Gaga. You know, Gabriel Clemens, the darts player. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's a Zob Brooklyn fan. He's, he's from Zaland. He was the um, Zaland Sports Person of the Year 2020. Um, but I highly imagine that he'll be winning that this year because that was an incredible performance at the Ali Pali. Exactly. Got to be, be Zaland's most famous man right now. He's actually he's actually got a dart shop as well in Zabrugan, which I would love to. Colin still yeah, have my brain thinking. I'm still thinking. I don't want to tell me because late, later on in the episode, I'm just going to pop into my head. If it's not um, Elversburg, then I've got no idea now. Okay, I'm still just thinking about uh, Gabriel Clemens knocking out the Iceman. Um, no, it's it's eighteen sixty. Um, oh, shit! Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, yeah. I I mean, I just can't imagine that you know, like a hundred percent that any team in League One has sold out every single game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like that also includes, by the way, like games in like the the Bayern Pokal and stuff. So. That, like, I argue that that's, that it's quite a small stadium, though, considering the club size. Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Considering that, I suppose it was in the higher league, but in the Alliance, they used to get like twenty odd thousand for a, for the the second the second biggest club in a large city. It's not that big a stadium, I don't think. Uh, that is a way of that is a really um, interesting way of phrasing it. Uh, but okay, that's um, shots, yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. No, you you you're you're a St. Pauli fan, though, so don't get defensive. Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw a map of um, country, sorry, no, cities in Germany that don't have a team in the top flight. And there's so many. Yeah, the only one in England, the biggest one in England, is um... okay. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah. <laughs> But, but no, there are some serious, serious um, cities in, in, in Germany without a team in the top five. Well, the top three divisions, sorry. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't the question, though. Can... Why are they... Yeah, yeah. We've not done a quiz in a long time, George. Bremerhaven. Um, Reutlingen, of course. Bonn. That's I think we've already, already had Bonn. Oh, sorry. Well, we're not going to start a quiz now. Koblenz. Koblenz, yeah. So, we'll uh, wrap up all that chat there. Uh, thanks, George, for that um, insightful Vitaliga 
darts and geography uh, round up there. It was very... No worries, Roy. No yeah. worries, Roy. Would you like one more short quiz? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. Should we? Yes. There are 10 German cities and villages, towns, with less than 100,000 inhabitants. Can you name three? Zandhausen, Elversberg. Zabrucken. Yes. Zandheim. Yes, Collins. Heidenheim and the Yes, Heidenheim is one. Zabrucken isn't one. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, there's one is Weitzliga. Yeah, there is. There's Kaiser's No, Kaiser's No, Kaiser's Yeah. Is it? Yeah. There's a, there's another one and there's another one. Uh, yeah. Paderborn. Our. No, Paderborn's Then you got your Methens, your Fells, your Svickows, your Bayreuths. Uh, Bayreuths. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for the quiz that you yeah. ended up giving us answer for anyway. Well, of course, part of the quiz you get the answer. We've got two more parts of this podcast to, to get through. So let's try and see how quickly we can do that. Um, starting with Colin, who would you say is your player to watch uh, for the Rukrunda plus one or two games or the second half of the season? But not the actual second half of the season, just the mm. second part of the season is played now. Oh, I, I could I could be so unkind here and choose who I was originally going to choose uh, until George messaged the chat. And after the whole uh, Bundesliga players in the World Cup thing, where he talked for ages and stole my Japan idea, I was tempted to do that, but I'm I'm not going to. Oh, so you're going so to you're, let him? You're going to George choose <laughs> Alessandro Schupp as well. <laughs> No, George, George was going to choose Davy Selka for his uh, <laughs> comeback. But he's got, got the curl. Um, maybe I'm using George's one to get Davy Selka. He's got a curl. He's gonna he's gonna fire the goals on. He's gonna he's gonna wrestle the the number nine shot from Stefan Tiggers and become the the number one striker. And they're gonna sail to Tiggers actually number one striker though. I was trying to, oh, I don't know, they're all the same, aren't they? Deeps, Tigas, uh, Adam Jan, all the same yeah. mediocrity. But, um, that's the, that's the, that's the thing of, the thing about um, the Bundesliga in comparison to like, the Premier League is that, that the January transfer window isn't really as much of a, a, a topic as it is um, in England, for example, so there's not as much going on. I quite, I, I, like, I like moves like that, you know, just these moves of average mediocre players between <laughs> sides. A bit like um a bit like the 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 summer that Foley and I don't know Florian Nida left and moved from Freiburg to Augsburg. That was quite exciting. He's on the move again. Let's not forget he's on the move yeah, again. To that, that, that's what that's what brought it up to me. He's had he's got another move coming in the summer to Hertha, thirty two year old. Um, oh Kevin Kevin Schlosserbeck. Kevin Schlosserbeck's not allowed to Bochum. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my real real player to watch is someone I probably should have brought up during the World Cup section that I've made a note of. Um, not really any surprise because he was outstanding the first half of the season, but uh, Randall Colomoani, I'm interested to see where he goes because, I, I mean, considering... I, I, I mean, most people in the Bundesliga are like informed about German football. We're saying he's like the signing of the summer. 
but I still don't think a lot of people outside of Germany had even heard of him. He didn't make the original France squad, but after injuries, managed to make the cut and he played a really key role in the games that he came on. Came on as a sub, um, but in like the semi-final, he scored against Morocco. In the final, he was so close to scoring a, a late extra time winner if it wasn't for the, the save by Martinez. Um, so I'm really interested to see where he goes in the second half of the season because, and really where, where his ceiling is because I, I think um, he's bound to attract and attract interest after after the World Cup that he has from uh, top clubs. But if he has another outstanding second half of the season in the Bundesliga, then it could be anyone really coming in from the summer. Like, the sky's the limit for him. So I'm going to going to go for him as my player to watch. If he doesn't leave. Nah, if he doesn't he'll... leave. I don't I think he'll stay he'll stay until the end of the season at least. Yeah. Um, from what, the quotes that I've seen from him, he seems quite keen to stay at least in the short term. Yeah, well Marcus Crusher, the sporting director of Eintracht Frankfurt, said before the World Cup that he wouldn't even consider an offer of 100 million euros um, for Kolomwani and seems pretty set in the fact that um, he's not going to be sold um, in the in the short term. Um, so, yeah I'd, I, yeah, I'd also just echo what Colin said, that he was pretty probably in there. Um, signing of the season, um, apart from Kevin Stoger to um, Bochum. Um, yeah, just, 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 yeah, very much agree with what Colin said, to be honest. Do you disagree, Roy? Are you not a fan of Kolomwani? Your silence oh. is deafening. No, I think I enjoyed it. I didn't watch the World Cup, so I didn't see his impact there, but I've enjoyed his performances um, as well in uh, Europe and also in the league, so I don't see why not. I just, would, I just wouldn't be surprised if he did leave, but like you said, I think uh, it may be a bit touched too far to see him leave, so it's a good one. Roy, um, Raphael Framberger, um, who I told you has a really, has a really ma- massive house. Um, he has gone to Sunhausen today. What yeah. do you think about that? Do you think he'll make the difference to Sunhausen? Well, he could be the one that takes him off the route of the table. To be honest, he, him and him and Diekmeier are fighting for that right <laughs> position. It's, it's it's a battle of ages. It's the story of the season, really. It really is. Aloysius uh, has got this going. Uh, he's really he's really stepped up. Yeah, excited, excited to see that. Actually, Framberg is only 27. He looks like he's about 45. Um, but that's, yeah, probably because he, he likes a beer. Anyway. Um, Where would you yeah. say you're, you're player to watch, uh, George, since uh, we all know about I'd love you to enlighten the fans. Kevin Stoger. Um, I would say that um, my player to watch uh, is Sebastian Haller uh, of Bristol Dortmund, uh, who today made... Is today um, being Wednesday, the 11th of January 2022, made his um, comeback, um, the first first friendly. Well, yeah, sorry, yeah, yesterday in a 5 1 win against uh, Dortmund, uh, not Dortmund, he plays Dortmund against Fortuna Dusseldorf. Um, yeah, obviously, he, um, yeah, the fact that he's playing is and then back healthy is obviously. The most the most important thing. Um, he's had a, had a really good recovery, um, which is yeah, really good to see. But I mean, people kind of forget that he, 
he's was a prolific goal, uh, striker last season has 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 proved throughout his career to be a goal scorer um which Dortmund really do lack and he scored um 11 goals um in the Champions League last year 34 in total um and yeah and it kind of looks like Makuku um it might be off um, potentially to Newcastle so if that, that kind of suggests that the Dortmund are um yeah, I look into to, to, to make sure that Alain, who has the number nine, is 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 the main striker and potentially Dortmund might actually start scoring some goals um in the second half of the season. So yeah, I'm 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 very excited to see to see him play. But yeah, first and foremost, good that just good good that he's back. Definitely that was a very good show. It's good to see how quickly he turns around. I saw a photo, it was like within from August until now, and it's the, the 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 progress he's made is fantastic. So it's really good to see him. Uh, you know, he likes a Marco Richter as well, making uh, swift recoveries and returns to the pitch. Timo, Timo Baumgartel, bottle. Timo yeah, Baumgart he does very well. well. His was a bit longer, but um, he he also is good to see him back onto the pitch as well. I would say my player would probably Florian Wirtz sounds a bit of an easy one to be fair because he has made that comeback and we mentioned a couple of times but when you get a world-class player come back into your squad it's going to hopefully well maybe not hopefully I don't really care uh, revitalise <laughs> next season um, and maybe that might bring the best out of all the players around about maybe your Diabies and stuff like that just uh, Frimpongs and stuff and Holtzek hasn't really got a running going stuff like that maybe these players might be lifted by the return of Verts. So Florian Verts would be mine, I would say. Oh no, I've got one. Um well it's not a new signing, but it's a it's a contract there's two contract extensions I've been happy with over the uh, nope. Um, um yeah there's two contract extensions that I think all of the Bundesliga could be happy about. Um one of them is Christoph Trimmel, Christopher Trimmel. Um, uh, Union Berlin, obviously le- legend at the club already. Um, just a yeah, all round good guy, great hair, um, and yeah, really really important player, the captain of uh, of Union Berlin. And the second one um, is uh, Christoph Kramer, a character that I didn't have too much of an opinion on, uh, apart from the fact I found it quite funny that that stat that Daniel Fagner asked him if he'd ever played as an eight, and he said the only time I have was in the World Cup final. Um, uh, but yeah, he's he was uh, became a bit of a, a celebrity um, in Germany because he was one of the main pundits um, on um, ZDF, one of the main German public broadcasters, uh, and he was actually really funny to be honest. Um, yeah, he was he seemed, came across the, as, a, as a thoroughly nice guy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy that um, Christoph Kramer will be staying um, in the. Uh, in the Bundesliga, and the, the Gladbach announced it in a quite funny way. He said the the Sedia thing was just a just a, a part time job. Now he gets back down to business. So yeah, good to see Christoph Kramer staying uh, in that part of uh, North Rhine-Westphalia. Uh, of course, of course, uh, love to see men with lovely hair extending as well. Like uh, Trimmel, as you said, uh, good to see Tim Walter extend his contract as well today for next year with his trainer team. So. So when Hasfall are playing the Bundesliga next season, there'll be a bit of uh, familiarity uh, for the first time in a long time. This is very nice to see. We seem to have lost Mr. Moore in Ayrshire. Deepest, darkest Ayrshire must be going through some sort of uh, technical difficulties, but he seems to have gone, and we don't know if we should continue without him. Let's pull Last on. Question, 
is what is your stadium to visit this this uh, Rook Ronda second half of the season? Do you have one that you're? I know you're going to one very soon that you're looking forward to as a wee a wee day, um, as some people may call it. Um, what is your stadium to visit? Um, well, yeah, the one you're referring to is the Max Morlock Stadium, um, a stadium I've walked past before. Um, but what wasn't attending a game uh, partly because it was in July um, of 2020 where there was no there was no games going on anyway. Um, um, that wasn't relevant, but yeah, so the Max Morlock Sharon going away with Pauli um, of the first match day back inside the Bundesliga should be really exciting. Um, obviously a ground, um, yes, Rich in history, um, some history uh, less good than others. Uh, but, you know, obviously, one of the 2006 World Cup grounds and the 1972 Olympics. Um, and then it's obviously the dark side of history. Um, very impressive stadium in itself. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to going to that. I uh, still would really like to go to Bremen, um, especially because I've been to Bremen quite a few times now. I haven't um, ever been for a footballing purpose. Um I've mainly used it as a way to fly home, to be honest. Um, flights between Bremen and London are much cheaper than the flights between Hamburg and London at the moment for some reason, um, which which is actually probably potentially, for once, a good piece of information for people to know on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to Bremen um, soon enough would, would, would be nice. So those two would be a my stadium to visit. We're having some difficulties with Colin's uh, audio at the moment, so got, well, Colin types in where he wants to go, and we'll relay this information. Um, I'll tell you where mine is at the moment. Uh, mine's is going to be both a working and mine's experience. It is not mine's. I've been there before, uh, but it's close to mine's. Uh, I, it, yeah, I would just like, the way you said it. Uh, I would quite like to go to the the Fritz Walter, not the Tim Walter Stadion, as I've called it before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd quite like to go to the, the, the Fritz Walter Stadion um, for Kaiserslautern. Uh, hopefully I can do it as a, a way day for work. If not, I'd still like to go some point in the season, especially when they're doing so well in this Vital Liga. It'd be good to see a decent enough crowd in there, especially one of the bigger teams. Um, and I think I would like to try somewhere in the East as well, just to give it a go. I think Magdeburg would be an interesting one. Uh, just for stadium and atmosphere-wise. Um, and also the Alm. I'd quite like to try out Bielefeld, but not while they're doing shit, so I yeah. have to be from next season. Um, but apart from that, Colin has now uh, wrote in his... It's like getting a caller on the show. Colin, you're live on uh, GM. <laughs> yeah, this is like... Yeah, it's like uh, having... Um, Colin Moore. The... Uh, Colin Moore, 24, Colin Moore, 20, I said, 20, 20, 20. Um, <laughs> I would like to visit the Milton Stadion. It would be good to see the game. <laughs> so good to go to have more season. Probably play with the nice. If I should get around other commitments. Thanks for that, Colin Moore, age 24, here, sure. <laughs> it's also, it's also, it's written, really it's also written, it's written like when you're in primary school and you have to say one thing that you want to do when you're older. I would like to visit the Stadium. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're, we do apologise yeah. that Colin's audio has uh, defected on him. Must be the must be the new bird. You know, she's clicked the plug on him already. That's Colin, one, what about one one more stadium that isn't related to the GFP? Just type it in. Or maybe we could do some sort of charades and we can guess it, but that <laughs> might not be it for a while. 
Because to explain to the listeners, you can see Colin, but he's not making any noise. There. Which is bizarre. Just like the stadium, we don't need a big uh, heartfelt reason. And then me and Roy will... Oh, he's struggling. He's on this spot. You can see the sweat dripping off his bald head. I reckon he's going to say um, the Poststadion in Berlin. I think he's going to say... Uh, I was in the right city, Stadion and I passed away. So Colin24 from Ayrshire has written in once again. <laughs> Great to have a returning caller. Uh, he says the Stadion and the Fosteray, Alton Fosteray, which of course is uh, Union Berlin. Given the fact it's 50 people... Given the fact it's... Kyle Walsh for a ticket for that one. Given the fact it's 50p a text, uh, Colin's really breaking the bank. Uh, it's, 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 just... it's fantastic to see that our new... Uh, it's kind of like our new Patreon... Basically, but um, apologies for the end of the podcast there, as it didn't go too well. Considering Colin just disappointingly lost his connection, on not Colin's fault, but we're going to blame him anyway. Um, otherwise, it'd be I think we'll round it, things up there. It's been quite a long chat and first time back for the three of us, so it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster, a bit of a crazy one, but I'm sure we'll get back into the swing of things with our un not very weekly weekly. German football podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. Colin says goodbye and ciao. Tschüss. And Scotland have bounced back again here. Yet again.